Hold up. Okay, I swear that door was closed earlier. So it isn't abandoned, Christina? Of course it's abandoned. If it wasn't, this place would look a whole lot better because a gay couple would have bought it already. Mm, true. Low-key, when you were doing your research on this property, how much does it go for? Steph, we are here on investigation, not house hunting. Um, this is a corner house, Chris, and it's got a wraparound porch. Hello, for our brunches together. Oh, I do want a mimosa, but we need to focus. Oh, yeah. Should we go in? I mean, we're already here. Might as well go deeper into the dark. Hey guys, welcome to our podcast, Deeper Into the Dark, where two friends descend into true crime, the paranormal, and all things strange. It's Christina and Stefan, here for another episode, episode 12, one, two, it's for you. <laughs> I was like, what are you going to say? I don't know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, my head hurts. We've been laughing so hard, dudes. Dude, we've been doing the intro and exit, and I almost peed myself like 500 times. I almost shit myself, literally. <laughs> My face hurts so much from laughing. I don't even want to laugh anymore this podcast. <laughs> it hurts. Oh, my goodness. Besides laughing and getting a headache, how are you doing? I'm okay. I'm just trying to get this evening. My head is killing me, and I already took the aspirin. I don't know if that's good or bad. Anyways, how have you been? Doing good. And I know you have a headache because all the lights are off except for a candle. <laughs> yeah. I need it dark, dude. My brain is dark like your soul. Specifically my left side and my eyeball all the way up to my temple. I've been laughing so hard. Yeah. Because Christina's sorry. so funny. I know. I'm the bloopers for the audio outtakes for us is ridiculous. <laughs> Like, honestly, when we start getting a Patreon and we do, like, back, um, like, some The blooper edits? So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Y'all guys are going to be laughing so hard or making fun of how stupid we are. Either we one. Are so ridiculous. <laughs> I could hear, like, the beginning. I could hear Greg laughing in the other room. He's just like, y'all are dumb. <laughs> He's like, y'all guys are so annoying. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. I'm doing okay. I'm just, like, um... I actually just put in my two weeks for my current job, and I'll be starting a new job. <laughs> That's exciting. I just feel like I've gone through now three jobs since we started this podcast. You've been podcast. around me too much. <laughs> I know. Steph quits a job like every month. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, practically, I should be, because it's ridiculous. I've, this, what, 2022, I had four different jobs, dude. I mean, I'm getting paid more each time, so I'm good. You're doing better than I was. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you are. It'll be a little weird because I will be leaving. Even though I like started new jobs, it was always with the same company. And now it won't be, so I won't be with like Ascension anymore. I'll be with something called Paragon. So I'm like a little nervous about it because it's something I'm not used to. And the thing I did like about Ascension is even if I did start somewhere else, um, it's such a big, like broad, I can, I can go and work anywhere. So I had like options, but, um, I don't know. I'm excited though. And I get to work with people I used to work with at the hospital back in the day. So it shouldn't be too, too like 
unnormal for me. And it's literally the same thing I was doing. Um, so I'm excited and also excited to be paid more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cherry I mean, on top, you get more money. I know. I'm so excited. Girl, get that money. Get that, get that moolah. Get the bug. Get the cheddar. <laughs> get that. Get them coins. <laughs> get them coins. Get them jewels. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The jewels. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> is that silver, diamond, and know. pearl? Uh, stop looking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited. <sighs> That's about it. Nice, nice. Well, I'm really excited for you to start your new job. Sorry, I'm picking my eye because it's like really itchy. I know. Anyways, um, I guess we should get started since it's already late. I know. <laughs> so. We took way too long. We took like a four-hour snack break <laughs> <laughs> and then an hour-ish to record our intro and out. And now we just have this. And we're like, oops. <laughs> and we're like, we don't have to work tomorrow. What? It's only Monday. <laughs> it's only Monday. <laughs> But um, I guess we'll get started. So I'm going first. Mm-hmm. So I actually wanted to cover a popular live act ghost activity from Twitter that took Twitter by storm and got a massive following and even a movie deal. This is the retelling directly from Twitter of Dear David. It's titled Dear David from Adam Ellis. And... That's his name. And he is, y'all might know him for the famous art drawler. He draws cute little comics that mm. you might see on Facebook somewhat. Like, is it the one with the guy and the girl? No, oh, okay. it's just him. Well, maybe, but no, it's just him. But him and his cat, or like the cute little black cat that's like, don't you touch my master? And she's doing magic to a demon under the bed. Oh, no, I've never seen these drawings. Or, like, the one where he's, like, the hard part about swimming in the ocean with swimming trunks is getting out of the water, and then it shows, like, small penis across his swimming trunks. No, that's funny. You haven't seen it? It's funny. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, he does really good artwork. He used to work for BuzzFeed, and then he left BuzzFeed, and then he's doing his own thing. And then he went on Twitter. Well, I'm going to start... And I'm going to have to actually read it off my phone so I can easily show you the stuff oh, that okay. he's doing. So. You look like a businessman over there just like flipping through different electronics. I'm so bougie. <laughs> I'm like a so advanced. In reality, I'm just lazy. <laughs> so, let's start. This happened on August 7th, 2017. So my apartment is currently being haunted by the ghost of a dead child, and he's trying to kill me. He started appearing in dreams, but I think he's crossed over into the real world now. The first time I saw him, I was experiencing sleep paralysis, and I saw a child sitting in the green rocking chair at the foot of my bed. He had a huge, misshapen head that was dented on one side. I did my best to draw it. Oh, creepy. Weirdly looks like a half-eaten potato. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is his next tweet. For a while, he just stared at me, but then he got out of the chair and started chambling toward the bed. What the fuck? The chambling? Mm, That's what he said. (laughs) Chambling towards the bed. What is that, a mixture of Shawshank and (laughs) skipping 
Was he shimmying towards the bed? Shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. Okay. I couldn't move because I was paralyzed. I have sleep paralysis fairly often. It sucks. Right before he reached my bed, I woke up screaming. I had another dream a few nights later where I was in a library and a girl came up to me and said, You've seen dear David, haven't you? I was like, who? And she said, dear David, you saw him. She continued, he's dead. He only appears at midnight and you can ask him two questions if you said, dear David first. Then she added, but never try to ask him a third question or he'll kill you. I was very shaken. Having two dreams about the same thing is pretty weird. Anyway, a couple weeks passed without incident. Then David came back in another dream. Same situation. I was in bed and he was sitting in the rocking chair near the window staring at me. In the dream I say, Dear David, how did you die? He mumbles, An accident in a store. I say, Dear David, what happened in the store? He groans. A shelf was pushed on my head. I'm frozen with fear. I ask, Who pushed the shelf? David doesn't answer. I realize that I've asked a third question, which I'm not supposed to do. At that point, I wake up absolutely terrified. The next couple days, I Google deaths in the city, but can't find anything about a kid named David dying in a store. I even tried different names, Daniel, Dylan, Devin, nothing. A few weeks go by without incident. Sort of randomly, the apartment above mine is vacated, and I had the opportunity to move into it. It's a larger apartment, so I'm thrilled. Another month or two goes by, and I sort of forget about dear David. I think he lost track of me because I moved upstairs. But lately, something strange is happening. For the past four nights, my cats gather at the front door at exactly midnight and just stare at it, almost like something is on the other side. Cats know, animals know. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, do you think because he didn't start it off with dear David, that's why he didn't kill him right away? Maybe? Mm. I don't know. What? Last night, I got a weird feeling and looked out the peephole, and I'm dead certain I saw movement on the other side. When I opened the door and turned on the hall light, nothing was there. But my cat seemed unnerved, bushy-tails, etc. And that's where I am right now. Dear David found me, I think. I don't know what to do. I'll keep you updated. August 8th. For the sixth night in a row, my cat has walked over to the door promptly at midnight and stared at it. What is going on? And he posts a video of his cat. So creepy. The cat, like, it just keep, knows that it's getting closer. I'd freak out right now if the door started wiggling. Right? Mm-hmm. I'd be like, fuck. Okay, so I took a photo through the peephole because I'm too scared to open the door. I feel like I saw something. I couldn't tell, so I mustered the courage to open the door. Nothing was out there. But I took another photo. Is it just me or is there something in the first photo right where the banister meets the shelves hiding on the stairs? Yeah, there's a creepy little alien face. (laughs) At 11.29, he continues with the same photos and takes more. He's like, I wasn't sure if it was a smudge or something, so I took a second photo from the inside. There was something out there. Yeah, it's not in the same spot. It's down more. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, literally the same photo, only the shadow face is down more. 
So at 11.37, he posts, I deadbolted the lock and got in bed because I don't know what else to do. I can still hear my cat meowing at the door. I am pretty scared that he posts this picture. Oh, gosh. Cat's eyes freak me out at night. At night, they glow. It's like, I got you, babe. (laughs) So on August 9th at 11.13 p.m., he posts, It's been pretty quiet tonight. I'm going to try out a sleep talk app to see if anything happens during the night. And then he posed, I'm heading to bed, but the cats are back at the door. They only do this in the middle of the night. It's routine now. At 10.56 p.m. he goes, and here we go, just minutes before midnight. Maxwell is extra talkative tonight. He's obviously trying to tell me something. And then he posts another photo. They're both there now. I don't even know if this is the right kind of salt, because I'm assuming people are suggesting put salt in front of his door. Yeah, these cats are just going to eat it. (laughs) He's just going to get ants. So, August 11th, at uh, 12.47, 11.47, I'm not sure if it's like correcting the time for our central versus theirs, because I was like, wait... But, um, I used a sound app to record my apartment last night. It makes individual recording each time it hears something. There were 33 recordings. Most of them are pretty vague. A couple of them are passing cars and the like, but there are three that I'm interested in. The first is a snapping sound and what seems like a single step. It's odd because I didn't get out of bed all night. This one is weird because out of 33 recordings, this is the only one that has that strange electricity sound through it. And then he goes, this directly follows the electric static. Another snap, then a groan in my sleep. So this is on August 12th. Um, he posts, getting the F out of my haunted apartment for the weekend. And then he just posts a photo of himself saying, peace. So then he goes, so a weird thing just happened. Take it with a grain of salt. I bought a Polaroid camera this weekend because they're fun and dorky. I decided to take a few photos around my photo. He got one of those Instax. Oh, I love those. I've always wanted one. (laughs) And then he goes, Polaroids are stupid and fun, inherently sort of creepy. I didn't expect to find anything, and for the most part, I didn't. I took a couple photos of my living room and bedroom, and then he shows the one of the bedroom. He's like, that's the rocking chair I first saw David in. They're pretty unremarkable, but, um. I would, like, burn that rocking chair. Oh, it is a rocking chair. I was like, it looks the weird. Thing. Yeah, literally looks like a regular old chair, but has rocking legs. <laughs> and then he goes, then I went into the hallway and snapped a photo. The Polaroid developed completely black. I even ripped open and destroyed a fresh pack so to see if it was just an undeveloped Polaroid, but they start out white. I... Also thought maybe I accidentally covered the lens with my finger, so I took a photo while unintentionally, or while intentionally covering it. These photos on the left is me covering the lens with my finger. The one on the right is my fully lit hallway taken just after midnight. So you see how it's kind of like. Yeah, it's not allowing him to take the photo. Mm-hmm. So then he goes, so this could be nothing. I'm not sure what to make of it. I'll record myself sleeping again tonight and I have Sage being delivered tomorrow. As always, I'll keep you in the loop. Okay, one last thing because I wanted to double check. Here's a couple videos of me taking photos. Okay, here's my living room. And I'll leave that there. Okay. I wish you did it at the same time. 
see the first one has already developed. I just don't like that he stopped the video, though, because this one's going really long. Mm-hmm. And he was doing the click, so he was closing That's the back. Take a minute. So then he goes, it came out totally black again for a second time. Let me just post a picture. Honestly, I don't know why I'm still fucking around with this camera. There might be a logical explanation. Someone told me to take photos from farther away, so I tried that. Once with my iPhone and once with the Polaroid. Left is with my phone, right is with the Polaroid. The hall light was on both times. Why is it pitch black each time with the Polaroid? Oh, weird. This whole thread has been really convoluted, and I'm sorry if it's hard to follow. I just thought this was all weird and wanted to share. Share. To share. I just wanted to share. So this is August 14th. He posts a photo of him holding some sage, saying, Folks have been urging me to get some sage, so I did. Burn that shit. Saging the hall and definitely saging the hell out of this rocking chair. Honestly, sage doesn't seem like it'll help much, but I'm open to anything. I barely slept last night. I kept waking up feeling like something was wrong. But who knows, maybe this will do something. This continues on to the morning after. Sage did not work. He posted that at 1.25pm. Or probably 2pm. 2.25, who knows. Um, I haven't dreamed about David in a few months, but he appeared again last night. In the dream, my bedroom was filled with this hazy smoke, but I could see David sitting in the chair across the room. He was smaller this time, almost shrunken. He didn't do or say anything, except looked at me. Feels like a bad omen. It's been two weeks, and he still does this every night at midnight. He posts a picture of his key at the doorway again. That poor key. Other weird stuff has been happening, too. I've been recording myself sleeping and it picks up this weird static electricity sound every night at 3 a.m. It lasts about five minutes. This morning, I woke up to a whole house shaking. It felt like a small earthquake. I debated even mentioning that on Twitter because it sounds made up, but I distinctly felt the house swaying. It's just a whole bunch of small things happening at once. I feel so uneasy, like right before a thunderstorm comes. Everyone is telling me to move, but I don't have any guarantee that this won't follow me the next night they just issued a thunderstorm warning for tonight and he posted thunderstorm warning everyone in the city is talking about how weird the sky looks i can hear rolling thunder in the distance this is for monday the following monday the 21st all this ghost stuff has been spooky but this past weekend was the first time i actually felt unsafe in my home on friday night there was supposed to be a huge storm in the end it passed but that night was bizarre anyway. I fell asleep pretty early. It was I was incredibly tired for some reason. I had a dream that night where David was dragging me by the arm through an old abandoned warehouse. I'm not sure why I didn't fight back in the dream or how he was strong enough to pull me, but that's dream logic for you. It was a creepy dream, but I didn't think too much of it when I woke up. I took a shower and then I noticed something. I'd woken up with a huge bruise on my arm. And you post a photo. Now, look, maybe I injured myself the day before and my arm was hurting during the night, which manifested as a dream. There could be a totally logical explanation for it, so I brushed it off. I went to get coffee, which I do every weekend. When I walk to the coffee place, I always pass a food cart repair depot. It's always incredibly busy, especially on weekends. I lived in the neighborhood for over four years and the place has always been jam-packed with carts getting serviced. But today, it was completely abandoned. The whole warehouse was totally gutted and empty. 
And he shows an empty warehouse. Weird. Well, almost empty. I went inside to look around because I was astonished that this place was suddenly empty after all these years. Basically, the only thing in the entire warehouse was a single green chair. I like how he says it, but there are ladders in the background. Yeah. <laughs> and like a cone. Yeah. No looking. And a human and I'm just kidding. And some walls. <laughs> if you recall, David first appeared in my green rocking chair. It could be nothing, but it's weird that it was the only thing left behind. Does that chair look green or black to you? It looks black to me and like with a brown base. Yeah, it looks black with a brown base. Whatever, he's colorblind. Um, <laughs> On my way back from the coffee place, the warehouse had been shuttered. It's remained shuttered since. So then he posts, the chair, my bruise, dreaming about an empty warehouse, and then passing by one, it gave me the creeps. Needless to say, I didn't sleep much that night. Too many strange things are happening, and more frequently. So I don't know. Anyways, it was a strange weekend, so this is August 25th. There have been a few small developments in my apartment, but I'm not really sure what to make of them. I just know I'm scared. If you recall, my cats usually gather at the door at midnight, but lately it's been getting earlier and earlier every night. I was almost used to the routine, so when they started to cry at the door closer to 10 p.m., I was confused. They began a new routine. Hover around the door at 10 p.m., cry for about 15 minutes, then wander off as if nothing's wrong. But this week, something else has been happening. Shortly after the usual cat stuff around 10.30 or so, I started getting phone calls from an unmarked number. My entire call history for the past week looks like this. You'll notice that I answered once, yesterday. So basically it says, unknown caller, unknown caller, no caller ID, no caller ID, no caller ID, and post a photo of that. Since this has been happening for days on end, I thought it might be an automated telemarketer or something. Usually if it's an automated, automated thing, if you answer once, they'll quit calling, so I picked up. Instead, what I heard on the other end was a peculiar electrical static sound, very similar to the static my sleep app picks up at night. I didn't say anything, I just listened, waiting for some automated message, message to chime in. After about a minute, the static stopped and there was silence. I kept listening. I heard what I thought was breathing, but it was so faint I can't be sure. My heart was racing, so it was hard to hear. Then, just as I was about to hang up, I heard a very small voice whisper, Something about the way they said hello freaked me out. It wasn't in a qu it wasn't a question or a greeting. Just hello, a flat statement. So quiet I could barely hear it. I panicked and hung up. I didn't know what else to do. I closed all the curtains in my apartment and turned on every single light. I watched TV until dawn because I was too scared to go to sleep or sort of feel like I'm losing my mind. If I look at each individual incident on its own, there are perfectly logical explanations for everything. But after three weeks of weird shit happening, I don't know how to I don't know how to make sense of it all. The only thing I feel like I can do right now is write everything down. So that's what I'm doing, and that's what I'll keep doing. So this is Monday, August twenty eighth. So I moved the green chair out of the bedroom weeks ago. It's been in various parts of the living room ever since. That's a hideous chair. I'm sorry. I know. He needs to get rid of that damn chair. Um, it's just your taste and trying it, to get rid of it. And also, it uh, clashes with that yellow mustard-colored wall. That baby shit yellow? <laughs> yeah. Or baby shit green on yellow? He goes, I should probably get rid of it, but I'm not sure that would have effect, effect on anything. 
Also, I'm going on vacation to Japan in three weeks, and I keep thinking if I can make it to my trip, this will all end as dumb as that sounds. David lost track of me once when I moved, so maybe if he believes I've left the apartment again, he'll leave me alone. Last week, I bought a pet monitor camera so I can keep an eye on the cats while I'm overseas. It's basically a nanny cam that connects to the Wi-Fi so you can check in whenever you want. It runs 24-7. You have one of those. Yeah, I have one. <laughs> I mean, right now it's not working because I don't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> it also alerts you to sound and movement via an, via an app. So he posts picture, motion detection, da 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 That's the one I want that says motion detection. So then he goes, in any event, I decided to test it out this weekend. I was away from home one night, so I set up the camera before I left. My phone pinged periodically through the evening, alerting me to the cats running around and playing normal stuff. Then around 11, it alerted me again that it detected motion, but when I checked the feed in my apartment, I didn't see anything. So I watched the feed again, still nothing. I watched it a third time and finally noticed something. Watch the chair. And he posts a little video. Get rid of that chair. It's literally rocking on its own. And the cats are nowhere near it. They're like, y'all have fun with them. It's still rocking. I knew it couldn't be the wind because I haven't had the window open all the summer. I have AC and like to keep it chilly. It was unnerving, but there wasn't anything I could do about it right then. So I flipped my phone off and tried not to panic. About half an hour later, I got another motion alert. Here's the feed of that alert. Besides that thing coming off the shelf, anything else happened? I have no clue. I didn't. <laughs> I haven't seen the video. Oh, the chair rocked a little bit, and then something on the top shelf got knocked down, but there's no one, nothing oh. there. If you missed it the first time like me, look above the shelf. It's a little treasure shell that I hung on the wall. So you saw that. Yeah. It just fell right down. Yes, I know it's a weird. T- it's weird to own a turtle shell, but my family lives in Montana, and I picked it up last year at a native trading post. So I don't know. She has a picture of it close up. Since I've been back home, I've been too nervous to turn the camera back on, and today has been pretty quiet. That said, I feel really uneasy. I put the chair in the hall. I hope nothing else happens tonight. That was his last post of the night. Tuesday, September the 5th rolls by. It's happening again. I've been leaving the nanny cam on 24-7. It records every time there's movement or sound, as you know. I was going over the feed from this weekend and noticed something, or noticed some weird stuff. During the night on Saturday while I slept, it recorded the cats in the living room. It seemed pretty unremarkable at first. But then, after a few moments, Maxwell freaks out and jumps over something invisible. And he posts a video. Yeah, because he's even, like, looking like that. Like something, like, went past him. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think it was a bug or anything. Maxwell doesn't react like that with bugs. He just eats them. (laughs) I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Something spooked him. What's more, I almost never get bugs. I've seen maybe three in all the year I've lived here. Anyway, the next night, the camera recorded a couple more strange videos. Specifically, it recorded Maxwell doing this on and off for an hour. And it basically just shows the cat standing up on the couch on his hind legs. Weird. Why do cats do that? I don't know. I don't know. I'd ask, but I don't be cat. Um, I if it's a threatening thing. Or maybe he's, like, following a hand or something. Maybe. He'd sit up on his hind legs and peer around the room as if looking for something or looking at something. This is odd behavior for him, and I can't come up with an explanation for it, especially because of the next video. Here's the final video the camera recorded that night. Yeah, it's like he's trying to jump on someone right there. 
I suppose there's a chance it was a fly, but I honestly never get flies, so that seems unlikely. I just can't shake the feeling that something has made its way into the apartment. It's odd behavior from Maxwell in any event. Things fell off this week. I can't explain it. So Saturday the 16th of December rolls by. He posts, I've been having so many nightmares lately. They're way more intense than my usual dreams too. I don't know if it's because I'm stressed or if it's something else. This afternoon, I took a nap and had a dream. I haven't been able to shake. In the dream, I was laying in bed and rolled over to the face, rolled over to face the other direction. On the pillow next to me was a severed head with a bloody spine attached to it, snaking down the bed. The head was staring right at me, somehow still alive. It had this huge smile plastered on its face. Horrified, I screamed, what happened to you? The head smiled even bigger. It feels great, the head groans. After that, I woke up. It was dark outside by then, everything was quiet. Other dreams have been just as strange. Things like dark figures staring in my window, even though I live on the second floor. Stuff that makes no sense in relation to what I've been experiencing in real life. After that dream about the head, I've been feeling uneasy all night. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I decided to go for a walk, if for no other reason than to get out of my apartment. I went to a bodega a few blocks away to get a snack. On the way, I had to pass the warehouse that was boarded up a few weeks ago. It's actually on the way to everything I pass it twice a day just to get to the subway. I hurried past it since it freaks me out now. At the bodega, I got some Doritos and a seltzer then made my way back home. When I passed the warehouse a second time, I heard a dull thunk from the other side of the shutters. I froze in place, but there was no other sound after that. I probably should have just continued on, but curiosity got the better of me. There is a grated window next to the doors about a foot above my head, too high to see into it. So I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to hold my phone up to the window, take one photo, and then run for my life. I made sure my flash was on, positioned my camera lens through one of the grates, and snapped a photo. I almost thought I saw movement when the flash went off, but I couldn't be certain. The light bounced off the grates and was pretty blinding. I couldn't even look at the photo, I just ran all the way home. I was too jumpy to look at it for a while. I just ate my Doritos nervously. When I finally did look at the photo, here's what I saw. It seemed to be a different part of the warehouse, maybe an office. There is a bunch of old insulation and what looked like a filing cabinet and a ripped up leather desk chair. He shares a photo of what he took. Then I noticed something else. In the upper right corner, something that looked like a face. I mean, I kind of see what looks like two eyeballs. Well, no. I think that's supposed to be the face, the white shadowing. And then I see like two little glowy eyes in the distance. Glowy, yeah. Oh, I see. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And then he says, The more I stared at it, the more it started to look like a nondescript blur. Now I can't even be sure what I'm seeing. Maybe I'm too deep into this and my brain wants to see David when he's not there. But here, I messed with the filters on my phone a bit. Tell me this doesn't look like him. It looks like a smudge to me. <laughs> No, I mean, I if see, I stare at it hard enough. Yeah. I mean, right when you showed me, I see two eyeballs. A nose, oh, from an like angle, it looks like it. Yeah. From an angle. Looks like a head dent. It looks like a little boy. Mmm. Gross. So, Friday, September the 22nd rolls by. Any posts? 
The, fa- the, blah, blah, blah. the past few days have been fairly quiet. I haven't been spending much time at home. I leave for Japan in a couple hours. I've been trying to avoid anything weird before my trip. I still feel like this all might stop if I just leave for a couple weeks. Whatever happens, I want to thank everyone for their kind thoughts and concerns. This whole ordeal has been stressful and means a lot. It makes me feel like I'm not going through this alone. See you in a couple weeks. And then he never posted again. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. He died. (laughs) He died in a car accident. In a plane. (laughs) So September 29th rolls by. I bought a votive tablet at the shrine I'm at in Japan. Please protect my cats while I'm away from home. What is that, a shrine? Mm-hmm. It's a thing you just hang up, and it's got a little Japanese calligraphy. Or... Oh, yeah. So, Tuesday, October 3rd, 2017. It's my last full day in Japan. The past couple weeks have been pretty peaceful. I have people taking care of the cats, and they say they've been doing fine. This morning, I went for a long walk long walk around Sapporo. I never really plan my vacations. I like to wander a lot and see what I find. I came across this statue in a park. I couldn't find out any real information about the line, but it was weird and pretty. Why is it giving me Queen of the Damned? <laughs> <laughs> I was taking pictures of it from different angles since it's cylind- cylindrical? Cylindrical. There you go. I moved around to one side and almost dropped my phone at what I saw. I felt too. It felt too similar to be a coincidence. I felt dizzy staring up at it. This kid with a dented head. Oh, the one she's holding? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe this is nothing. It doesn't feel like nothing, though. Anyway, I have to pack for my flight home in the morning. It'll be good to see the cats again, at least. And then Thursday, October the 5th. I made it home safely. The cats are fine, if a little more talkative than usual. More cute. So, October 14th. So, it's been a week or so. <laughs> Weird things have been happening with the electricity in my apartment this week. First, two bulbs have burned out in the hallway in less than a week. At this point, I've just left it alone rather than get a ladder again. can't believe he has to change it. Yeah. (laughs) But the strangest thing has to do with the backlight on my TV. It's an LED strip that plugs into the TV itself via USB. The TV has to be be on in order for the backlight to be on. But last night, the backlight was flickering on and off by itself. I notice it's just sometimes before dawn when I wake up and went into the kitchen to get some water. I'd barely gotten back into bed again when I saw a faint light coming into the living room. After a few seconds, it went dark. I went back into the living room and stood there watching the backlight go on and off, on and off for at least a few minutes. It was bizarre. Eventually, it stopped and now the backlight doesn't work at all. It's only a couple months old, so it shouldn't be dead already. Anyways, I couldn't get back to to sleep, so I went to the dinner went to the diner near my apartment it was the only thing open at 4 a.m i had eggs over easy with ham it was too much ham but the eggs were pretty good just post his meal (laughs) okay fucking twitter when i go back home the sun was starting to come up so i figured i might as well shower and go into work early i showered and brushed my teeth and headed into the bedroom to get dressed as i passed the front door i thought i heard a faint scratching sound from the other side it was so soft, I wasn't sure I had it had really happened. I went over to the door, but I was too scared to look through the peephole. I couldn't bring myself to actually put my face that close to the sound, so I opted to take a photo through the peephole instead. Since there's a skylight just outside my door, the hall was awash in faint yellow-green light. I snapped a couple photos. 
At first, the pictures didn't seem like anything, just blurry nothingness. But as I analyzed it and started noticing things, part of a face, an ear, and an eye staring right back at me. It's like an eye, a little bit. Of I don't know why it looked like a big Muppet mouth right there. Oh <laughs> I just see a Muppet mouth. <laughs> Anyways, I think maybe it's time to get someone else involved. It's obvious that it isn't going to stop until I do something. I'm just not sure where it is. I'll let you guys know when I figured it out. You need to move. <laughs> <laughs> and then he posted another thing describing what he sees with a little video, but well. So then he posts on October 26th of another several weeks. Sorry for the radio silence the past couple weeks. First, I had a friend come over do some cleansing stuff. She did the whole apartment in the hallway. A lot of self-proclaimed professional mediums have reached out, plus about a dozen ghost hunter TV shows. I've declined them all because I don't really want strangers in my house sensationalizing what's going on. So instead, I had a friend come over and cleanse this place, and for about a week or so, it seemed like it worked. Things appeared to go back to normal. The cats weren't gathering at the door anymore. I stopped having dreams. Things... It was starting to seem like it was over. Then one morning last week, I was walking to work and past the shuttered warehouse as usual. This time, all the metal doors were wide open, sunlight pouring in. The warehouse was still mostly empty, except for one thing. There was a hearse parked near the back wall. He posts shows a picture. Weird. Yeah, let me just chill in here. <laughs> Basically. He's on his lunch break. Leave him alone. <laughs> someone's, getting, someone's getting railed in there. Oh my gosh. The warehouse has been closed for over two months. I have no idea why it was open that day. Nobody was around. It was Wait, weird. Wait, was it around Halloween? Maybe oh. they're getting ready for Halloween or something? And that might be like a attraction or something? Mm. Like a haunted house and they have a hearse? I don't know. Yeah. Or like, you know those ghost tours they do? Hmm. Maybe. It was weird, but I try not to think about it. It's not all that strange to see a hearse, I guess. Like, they have to park somewhere. I tried to put it out of my mind, and the next several days were uneventful. But something else happened last night. It was around 11 or so, and I was watching TV on the couch. I went into the dining room to get a drink from the fridge and noticed both cats sitting by the far window staring up at it. The window looks out onto the roof of the business next door. I glanced out the window but didn't see anything. I figured that maybe there was a mouse on the wall or something. I shrugged and grabbed a beer from the fridge. As I went into the kitchen to get the bottle opener, I noticed something. There's a window in the kitchen which looks out onto the same roof, and someone was standing on the roof staring at me. I immediately ducked down. I reached up and flicked off the light switch. I peered over the window still but couldn't see much. My phone was in my pocket, so I grabbed it and took a photo. It was blurry and dark, but I swear someone was out there. And then he just shows... Stared right back at So it. then he goes, I tried to take a better photo, but the figure had disappeared. He goes, but now I feel like I'm back at square one. Oh, he says, I closed all the blinds and made sure the door was locked and then drank like five more beers until I was too drunk to be scared. But now I feel like I'm back at square one. I'm sure it was him. He's not going away. I don't know what to do. November 6th rolls by. It's been about four months since the first time I dreamed of David. This might be long, but stick with me. Last night, I dreamed about him again. It was almost exactly the same as the first time I saw him. In the dream, I saw him in a chair again. I don't have the green chair in my room anymore. This time, it was a recliner I've had for years. He was staring right at me, just like the first time. Again, I felt paralyzed and could barely move, but this time, something was different. I still felt mostly, felt mostly immobile, but I could squirm just a little bit. I felt more alert. I could move my hands somewhat. 
David glared at me, and I dreaded what I knew what was coming. He was going to get out of the chair and come toward me like before. I had to do something. I keep my phone next to me on the bed, and I somehow managed to get a hold of it. I thought, if David is going to kill me, maybe I can at least get evidence on my phone. I started snapping pictures in the dark. Sure enough, he crawled down off the chair and began shuffling towards me. He moved slowly, like it was a struggle for him. I felt terrified, but I kept taking photos. David limped closer towards me, never taking his eyes off me. Soon, I was face to face with him. He started muttering something, too quiet for me to understand. I watched as his eyes rolled back into his head until they were all white. I tried to ride away from him, but I could barely move. I stared in horror as he began crawling up onto my bed, still murmuring something. And that's when I woke up. Same as before, broad daylight, no trace of David anywhere. It's almost routine now, but it was a dream after all, so I got up and went to work. And after a while, the stress of the dream melted away. I wasn't even going to write about this since it wouldn't really be new information, but tonight I noticed something that petrified me. I went into my phone to find a picture from a couple days ago. I saw dozens of pitch black photos in my camera roll, all from last night. It's better to show you. Turn up your brightness because they're pretty dark. All right, let me see this. Do I just scroll? Yeah. Or is that the only one they sh he showed? Right now, that's the only one here. Let me turn up the brightness. Yeah. I mean, I can see like a doll. Or it looks like a doll. I guess it could be him. I don't know. I feel like enough time has passed where he could have bought a doll and made it look like that. There's <laughs> <laughs> another one. It looks like he's getting off the chair. This is the one that made my heart drop. Oh yeah, you can see the dent. Usually I can come up with some excuse for what's happening, but I have no logical explanation for this. So now I'm sitting here on my couch freaking out. I certainly won't be able to sleep. I just feel like I needed to get this out. So this is Friday, November 17th. For everyone asking, yes, I'm alive. I've been on the quiet side because there's something I'm trying to investigate and I'm not sure how to yet. I'd rather not tweet unless I have something substantial to share. I'm also sort of hard to explain the logistics of what I'm trying to find out, but I'll do my best. Basically, there's a part of my apartment that I'm just now learning about. At least that's what I think. To refresh your memory, I live in a duplex. I used to live on the first floor and I live on the second floor. It's a long, boxy building that looks like this. And then he shows... His drawing of like my old apartment, my new apartment, and then what does that say? Warehouse or something. Business next door. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then he goes. The other week, I was tweeting the most recent update from the living room couch. About thirty seconds after I'd sent the last tweet, I heard a thump directly above my head, as if someone above me had dropped something on the floor, which is impossible since I'm on the in the top apartment. Fat rat. <laughs> <laughs> There's always no way no way to access the roof. There aren't any ladders on the outside of the building. The only way you'd get on the roof is if through the skylight in the hallway. There are no trees in the immediate vicinity either. It definitely wasn't pipes either. It was distinctly the sound of something falling on the floor. Or falling to the floor. My building is old and makes lots of noises, but this was a new sound and it startled me. Something, is there some secret crawl space in my home? I look all over my apartment, but I can't figure it out. So I go into the hallway, and that's when I something that's when something dawns on me. There's no real way to ease into this, so I'll just say it. There's a mysterious hatch in my hallway. I've always known about it, but I just assumed it opened directly to the roof. 
It's really high above the stairs, so I always figured it was a mobile to access without some sort of fancy professional ladder. I took this video so you can see how high it is. I see the hatch every morning when I leave for work and think nothing of it, but this time something dawned on me. It can't lead to the roof because it's actually below the roof, and I think maybe the hatch leads to a short ladder going to the roof, but even if that's the case, the hatch is level with all the ceilings in my apartment. That means that there's three feet of empty space all over my apartment. I was ready to explain this away for a few reasons. One, it might just be some sort of insulated space that all buildings might have. I'm not an architect, so what do I know? I didn't seem relevant to me at the time, so I decided I was going to mention it here. But over the past week and a half, I've been hearing more things above me. A few days after this first sound, I heard a similar thump while I was in the kitchen. Then last night, I heard something small clink on the floor and roll about six feet before stopping. Something is going on up there. Maybe it's a raccoon, but maybe it's not. I also can't get over the fact that the hatch is in such a weird and inaccessible place over the stairs. I need to investigate. I'm just not sure how right now. I guess I'll try to buy a long pole off Amazon to see if the hatch even moves. I might have to buy a construction ladder. At any rate, that's why I've been MIA for a minute. I'll keep you posted when I figure out how to get up there. Then he goes, okay, I bought a pole. If the hatch is movable, I either shell out for the ladder or call my landlord to investigate. And then he shows literally a pole from Amazon. How much did he pay you? $20? Um, $38.99. Jesus. <laughs> I just move. I'm like, that's spending $40 for a pole just to move a door. Oh my gosh. So then he goes, this is on Tuesday, November 28th. A lot has happened in the last week, but I was away for Thanksgiving, so I'm just now able to write it all down. The noises from the ceiling haven't let up, but the pole I ordered didn't arrive before I had to leave for the holiday, so I didn't actually get in, get it until late Friday night. I planned to investigate the next morning and went to bed. I'd barely fallen asleep when I woke up to an incredibly loud crash above me. It sounded like someone had dropped a bowling ball. I bolted upright in bed and immediately felt strange. There was a weird energy all around me. I can't explain it. After about a minute, I heard another crash. I briefly thought about the grabbing my shoes and booking it, but that would mean passing under the hatch and that seemed like a bad idea. So instead, I just listened and waited, though I'm not sure for what. The crash happened again and then again, probably 15 times in a row, followed by a long silence. Then I heard a smaller, smaller, creaky sound from the hallway. In my mind, I registered it as a footstep, but it really could have been anything. I stayed still, but there was no more sound after that. I lay back down, still tense and nervous, but must have fallen. Um, if it, if it kept crashing, why didn't he record it? As soon as I, I heard like a few of them, I'd be like, oh, hell no, let me just pull out my phone. And let me just record it. recording everything. Yeah, literally. Sorry, my internet went wonky. Hold on, I gotta go back to the bar. I mean, wouldn't you call the landlord or like whatever? Like, there's noise. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. Why are you just like accepting it? Like, oh, strange things happen. Hell no, I'm paying money. Fix this. Exactly. <laughs> So he goes, I stayed still, but there was no more sounds after that. I lay back down, still tense and nervous, but I must have fallen asleep at some point because I woke up the next morning and everything seemed normal again. I got dressed and left to go to get a bagel, same as every Saturday. Who the skin gets bagels when are white people? Well, he said coffee earlier, so he gets, probably gets coffee and a bagel. Or No, he said he goes to the coffee shop every Saturday. Now it's bagel, bagel, bagel? Bagel, mm. bites. Anyways, bagel bites. um... <laughs> As I made my way down the stairs, something crunched under my feet. I looked down and noticed a pile of debris on the stairs directly under the hatch. 
and he shows like a pile of like dirt in the corner of the stairs. Hmm. So then he goes, it looked like dirt, but it couldn't tell for certain. It could have been old plaster or something. I glanced up at the hatch to notice something else peculiar. The edge of something was caught in the caught in it, barely poking out. It's hard to see because it's so far up, but I took a photo. After he noticed the thing, he says, at this at that point, bagels were the last thing on my mind. I went back upstairs and grabbed a pole. I set my camera on the co coat wardrobe and at the top of the stairs and hit record. Just to make sure it would be caught on video if a demon burst out of the hatch. Here's the video. It was a dead rat. <laughs> I jumped out of the way and practically fell down the stairs trying to dodge whatever it was that fell. At first, I thought it was a dead squirrel, which would honestly explain a lot. It hit the steps and bounced down to the first floor. I went upstairs to get my phone and collapsed the pole since it's so long and unwieldy, then went back downstairs to investigate the object that fell. At first I wasn't even sure what it was. It was dingy, faded black. I picked it up and realized what it was. It was a small leather shoe. So he's dead up there, his body. <laughs> I hustled back upstairs and texted my landlord. I told him I thought there was something in the crawl space and asked if he could investigate. He said he'd come by later with a ladder and check it out. A few hours later, my I would have been emailing that landlord about the noise. Yeah, like a long time ago. A few hours later, my landlord was on the ladder, shining a flashlight into the crawl space. I stared up at him, half expecting something to grab him and yank him into the darkness. He angled his flashlight and all around and finally saying, there's nothing up here. But then he was like, oh wait. I watched as he reached up into the emptiness with his free arm, and when he pulled it back, he had something small and round in his hand. He climbed down the ladder and handed it to me. Again, I wasn't quite sure what it was looking at it. It was smooth and shiny, and at first I thought it was an old piece of candy, but it was cold and too heavy to be candy. After a second, I realized it was a marble. It was so worn that, it hadn't, that, I had, that it hadn't registered as a marble at first. Its shape was also sort of weird with a little bump on the end. My landlord seemed unbothered for the most part. <laughs> uh, okay, dude. He put that in little parentheses. And he told me to call him if I heard anything else. I went inside and headed to my office to see if I could figure anything out about this marble that somehow made its way into my ceiling. I had nothing to go on, and in short, I didn't really learn much, but I did figure out that the bump on the ball, on the marble, I think, apparently in the early 19, 1900s, they made marbles by hand and cut them with big metal scissors, which would mean the marble is probably really old. I have a decrepit old shoe and a marble sitting on my dresser. I guess this is the new normal. Tuesday, December 12th. Sorry for the long break. I haven't been feeling great the past couple, couple weeks and haven't had time to update. There also wasn't much to say for the most part. I wasn't sleeping well and I was having weird dreams, but they were all, they were vague and hard to describe. I'm sleepy all day long and I've been getting sudden bouts of dizziness. I chalked it up to always having earbuds crammed in and made a mental note to get my ears checked. Other than that, things were pretty quiet. I sort of fooled myself into thinking that finding those items in the attic somehow ended all this. Not that that would make much sense. But last week, something started to happen. Late on Wednesday, I woke up with a start and felt something strange, like something had just been watching me. I turned on the lights, but I was alone. Still, there was this tangible feeling of badness. Everything felt wrong, sort of like when you have the flu and you, have, you wake up at the night and can't really tell where you are for a minute. It was a feeling I'm used to. It always accompanies David. 
People tweet me a lot saying he might just need help, but I'm certain that's not the case. Every time he shows up, I feel a palpable sense of malice. There's what I felt that night, malice, dread, but still, I was alone. I would and I was so tired, I wound up just going back to sleep. I've been so exhausted recently, I can barely function. The next night, the same thing happened to me. I woke up suddenly feeling like I had just missed seeing something, like a candle had just gone out and I could still smell it. I thought about using the pet cam from the living room to monitor my bedroom while I slept, but the cord was too short to get the camera high enough to see the entire room. So I improvised. I downloaded an app that takes a photo every 60 seconds and set my phone on top of a bookcase. It's almost seven feet tall, so it had a pretty good view of my bed and the surrounding room. Then I went to sleep. Just like before, I jolted awake hours later, feeling the same unease. I turned on the light and hurried out of bed to get my phone from the bookcase. There were probably 350 photos to scroll through. The vast majority of them were me sleeping in an empty room. It's sort of dark, but you can see me sleeping. I had left a couple nightlights on just in case anything showed up, but for the first hundred or so photos, it was just me in an empty room. I just showed them in the bedroom. Those are some interesting sheets. Yeah, and a um, little nightlight. He practically has a lamp on. <laughs> <laughs> just a little nightlight, just like a whole searchlight. <laughs> then suddenly he was there, standing on the chair at the foot of the bed, staring at me. In the next photo from a minute later, he seems to be staring straight up at the ceiling. Just staring. Like at the phone? Eh? Then he appears to collapse on the chair. Then he appears to collapse on the chair. The next dozen photos are all the same. He's completely lifeless. At first, I thought he was dead, which obviously doesn't make any sense. I looked over at the chair, half expecting him to still be there, but it was empty. It's because the doll doesn't stand up by itself all the time. It makes sense. <laughs> it's logical to me. <laughs> so then he says, but then in the next photo, he's gone. The room is totally empty again. He's gone in the next several photos, too. I figured maybe that it was it, but I kept swiping through the photos. About 15 photos later, he was back, standing next to the bed. It was just like the last time I saw him. Bitch, where? Let me see, I have better eyes than you. You're older. I'm older. I don't see shit. Unless it's on the ground. Behind the bed. Basically, like, who the fuck? I don't know who the fuck you think you is. That's when my heart started to race. I didn't want I didn't want to look at the rest of the photos, but I knew I had to. I swiped to the next photo and my heart sank into my stomach. He was on the bed inches from me, staring down at me, sleeping. Oh, there he is. She's literally standing above him. Where is his head? Right there. Oh, okay. Like, He's on what the, the bed. What the fuck am I looking at? <laughs> he needs more light in there. <laughs> Sir, just turn that strip light on. The next one was worse. In the next photo, he's staring right at the camera. Yep. After that, there's seemingly nothing. He disappears again, and the rest of the scroll is just me alone in my room again. That is until the last photo. Here's the final photo on that scroll. He's trying to get to the phone. He's like, you got games on your phone? I'm bored. <laughs> 
I'm at a loss for words. The malformed ear, the stringy hair. I didn't even know what to think. I looked all over my room but couldn't find anything. And honestly, I've been so exhausted I didn't know how to process it. Even now, all I want to do is just go to sleep. December 20th. Hey everyone, I'll be gone for the next week visiting family back home in Montana for the holidays. It will be nice to get away from all this for a bit. Thanks for everyone's kind words lately. I'll see you when I get back. January 2nd. So I've been away from the city for a couple weeks. I went home to Montana for the holidays and almost immediately I started to feel better. Less tired, less foggy. Up until now. I haven't really entertained the thought of moving thinking that David would probably just follow me wherever I go. When I, when I left for Montana, everything seemed to improve, like maybe David wouldn't follow me after all. Maybe he was just tied to the house, not me. Being home, I felt safer and I managed to relax a bit. I even started browsing listings for new apartments back in New York. The last thing I wanted to do is move into the middle of and move in the middle of winter, but after the past few months, it seemed like it would, might be worth it. It felt like there might be a way out. But after a few days, I started to feel strange again. One night, I got up to go to the bathroom, and as I stood there in the dark, I couldn't help feeling like there was something moving outside the bathroom window. The bathroom looks out into the backyard, and it was pitch black. I could barely see anything, but it's Montana, and there are animals passing through all the time. Sure. Enough. In, this, in the morning, I found animal tracks through the snow. I don't know what specific animal this is. Deer? Elk? Looks like a fox. Paw. Like it swiped as it was running. The next night, the same thing happened. I got up in the middle of the night and thought I saw movement in the blackness outside. This time I stood at the window and gazed out, straining my eyes to see, waiting for them to adjust to the night. For a long time I stared out into the snowy darkness, but I couldn't see any movement. Then, just as I was about to turn away, I saw something lurch off to the right and disappear from view. Again, it was too dark to make out the animal, but I couldn't see anything. It could, it could have been anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe a coyote or something. In the morning, as I was getting out of the shower, I glanced out the window and noticed tracks behind the garage. I could see how they could be, like, footprints. Little tiny footprints. I couldn't tell what they were from the bathroom, so I got dressed, put on my coat, and went outside. When I got up close, my heart practically stopped. They weren't tracks, they were footprints. Really small footprints. Yeah, they were. I followed them across the backyard, but they disappeared into the ditch out back. I stood there in the snow, not knowing what to do. What could I do? Call the cops and tell them I found footprints in the snow? The last couple nights, I was too scared to leave my room. If it had been David out there in the snow, it meant that he could follow me anywhere. No matter where I moved, he could find me. I felt helpless. I flew back to New York the day after Christmas, back in my apartment. It seemed like it was a square one yet again. I've tried everything I can think of. I've sieged my apartment. I've hired a medium. Nothing has worked. And worse, I still feel him at night, watching me from different corners of my room, always getting closer and waking up right before something happens. For the past few nights, I've been using the app that takes photos every couple minutes, but nothing has shown up. For whatever reason, it doesn't seem to work anymore. But I've left it running just in case. It's picked up absolutely nothing, save for one thing from last night. Last night was particularly bad. I felt sick and had nightmares all night. I dreamed that David was hovering in the corner by the ceiling far off the ground. He was mouthing something, but I couldn't hear any words. Then he was hovering above my bed, staring down at me, his mouth moving faster than it should be. I couldn't move. I could only look at him. Last night was particularly bad. I felt sick and had nightmares all night. I dreamed that David was hovering in the corner by the ceiling far off the ground. He was mouthing something, but I couldn't hear any words. 
Some, suddenly, he plummeted downward, and I felt this huge pressure crash into my chest. I woke up gasping. The wind completely knocked out of me. I sat up, looked around frantically, heaving for prayer. Heaving for prayer. Heaving. I'm sorry, heaving. Heaving. I know. I was like, what's heaving? <laughs> <laughs> when I caught my breath, I retrieved my phone from the dresser. The photo roll showed nothing of note, save for the last photo taken just at the moment before. I mean, I guess that's, like, him moving a little... I don't know. Because he's always wearing that green, black, striped shirt. That's his blanket. <laughs> oh. I don't know what to do. I'm at a loss here. I just don't know, he says. January 16th. Sorry for the long delay. Honestly, I wasn't sure uh, I was going to tweet again. After what happened a few couple nights ago, everything stopped. Well, sort of. I wasn't having dreams anymore, and I was feeling better. I was sleeping through the night again. Actually, I was feeling great. I still do, but things have been sort of weird, too. It's hard to explain. I'll try. But I don't know if any of it makes sense. Basically, as good as things have been for the past couple weeks, I can't shake the feeling that something is off. Like, I've been sleeping fine and have lots of energy during the day, but sometimes it seems to sort of lose time, I guess. I seem to sort of lose time, I guess. Like, I'll look up at the clock and realize a whole hour has gone by and I don't remember any of it. Or I'll mishear someone and ask them to repeat what they said, but they'll say the thing they say that they didn't say anything. Little stuff like that. But after what I've been through, that's not a big deal. Despite all that, I felt really ready to put it all behind me. So on Sunday, I opened Twitter, intending to update you all that it was over, or at least I thought so. I just want things to go back to the way they were, and it seemed like they had. I was writing something to that effect when I noticed I had way more notifications than usual. I swiped to my mentions and saw that everyone was cheating to me about something I had posted to my Instagram story the day before saying they saw something weird the stories are expired now but i have screenshots and i don't know how to explain it long story short i went to brunch on saturday with a friend i posted a few photos to my story and they were unfairly remarkable here's the first two i posted totally dumb and normal bottomless mimosas he's so gay um (laughs) they're totally boring brunch photos i posted one more photo of me and my friend before leaving and that was that but the next day i had a zillion messages about the third photo i posted People had taken screenshots and sent them to me. This is what somehow got uploaded to my Instagram story. Weird. Interesting. You see his face? How it looks yeah. like his eyeballs poking out? Or Two like... of them. Mm-hmm. Two eyeballs and a nose. Mm-hmm. I have no clue what happened. It looked perfectly fine on my phone when I uploaded it. I'd say it was just a glitch, but I can't make sense of what's happening with my face. Maybe I can. I know what it looks like, what it probably is, but I don't know if I care anymore. I really just want things to be normal again and things feel normal enough right now. I don't know. I guess I'll keep you updated if something else happens. January 28th. He posts a video. February 3rd, 2018. Everything is fine. Please don't worry about me. I'm okay and everything will be like it was before. Smiley face. That's not creepy. Post another video. So yeah. And in March 12th, for everyone asking if I'm alive, I'm doing okay. I've been pretty quiet around here. Oh, it's been pretty pretty quiet around here lately, and I've been trying to focus on work. Of course, I'll keep you updated if anything strange happens, but for now, I'm staying busy with drawing and other projects. And that ends the tweets. Because he, he got uh, his body taken over. His body taken over. Okay, so the interesting part about this is about... A month or so or something like that later might have even been this or something i don't know before this tweet but he apparently got a movie deal for dear david and people are like it was fake wasn't it 
and he's starting to admit he's like okay yeah it was oh really mm-hmm. see I told you it looked like a doll I told you everyone was saying they're like that's clearly a fucking doll yeah it looked like a doll and the thing that um, got me was the way that it was positioned mm-hmm. like especially on the bed he could be holding it mm-hmm. under his blanket and that was the thing I was looking at was every time you swipe photos if the blanket was off at all mm-hmm. but you're going so fast I'd have to like analyze it but it would be curious to see if his blanket position was different every time because he was getting out of bed and positioning the doll mm-hmm. and then and... at the end when he does the close up one he's obviously covering the bed Mm-hmm. okay and it's like really interesting how big it took this by storm but then people are like why don't you set up cameras and he started setting up cameras and he's like I'm not getting anything and then they're like people were like in the comments are like giving him ideas and stuff like that and then he finally showed Dear David the first time they're like that's a doll and then someone posted online they're like I could literally make one just like it and then they showed it and they're like see looks just like it and it was just crazy and then um he started doing more and then I don't know I guess he kind of lost how to clear it up or something um like I don't mean to talk crap about this guy because I mean it's genius marketing for a storyline or something if he was going for that or with his mm-hmm. friend like he's like a little hobby that he was doing and um yeah it was just really interesting and whatnot I'm like it would have been personally from a story standpoint I feel like the shoe would have came into like why didn't he send that to somebody to study it get a DNA testing on that shoe or something of the sort or like the marble was that leading to like it just kind of just stopped yeah like oh I'm gonna do research on this I found this and then you don't hear about the marble anymore mm-hmm. or the shoe it just fucking sat on his I found an old shoe and nothing I don't know it's just I thought it was really interesting it took Twitter by storm people were obsessed with it then right after this Dear David thing another thing called, came through where people were doing on TikTok called the Charlie Charlie where they got pencils lined up and if it would they'd get a piece of paper that said yes or no and they'd ask it questions and the pencil would move over weird and yeah, um, I saw that. they did that and then that got a movie deal or something like a short movie or something like that deal and um so they think that it might have just been like a fun thing that got really big and then they were like oh if we keep it going we could get like some popular things and whatnot so i thought it was really interesting whether it's fake or not i'm not too sure like i i'm i'm like i feel like i'm backtracking but like i feel like he and a few tweets admitted that it was fake because somebody called him out like Someone was like, that dear David shit was fake. And he's, I think he was like, well, obviously dumbass or something like that. And, um, uh, it's just really interesting that this took the internet by storm because the people were like, holy shit, this could be real. This dude's actually documenting something really creepy. And, um, so yeah, I thought it was really interesting how it was. And uh, people get creeped out by it all the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, another podcast i listened to covered it and um it's really decently crafted i just feel like he kind of got shaky at the end and didn't know how to clear it up or like conclude it mm-hmm. so yeah i thought it was like super creepy and cool and how like you can follow these tweets 
in a timeline. But um, that was Dear David. Dear David, I'm fake. <laughs> Dear David, I'm a doll. Okay, well, if it was real, what two questions would you ask? I would ask, Dear David, why are you stalking me? And two, Dear David, why don't you go to the doctor <laughs> and fix oh your face? Oh my gosh. Um, what would you ask? I'd ask, Dear David, who killed you? And then I'd ask, um, Dear David, are you going to hurt me? Oh, actually, I have two better questions. If I got asked them for the first time, I'd be like, Dear David, why are you haunting me? And two, Dear David, why don't you go haunt that person that killed you? <laughs> there. Their family line. <laughs> yeah. Deal with them. I don't know you. Leave me alone. That's that. <laughs> Your uh, laugh is hilarious. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, what did you think of Dear David? Were you believing it at one point? Or... Um, I mean, at the beginning, kind of, with the ghost figure. But as soon as he brought that doll in, I was like, that's a doll. I noticed because you were getting kind of disinterested. In- yeah, I was like, oh, God, it's fucking I just fake. saw you just like looking over and then just like fucking. <laughs> I, know, I was like, like I'm just going to clear some photos. So then I just started like barreling through the rest of the story. So and, I was like, um, it's obviously fake. <laughs> I was like, okay, I lost her. <laughs> but um, yeah, I thought it was really interesting. And I'm interested to see this Dear David movie if it ever comes out and who's going to direct it, how's it's going. I might do some research later on and see who might be directing it, if it's even still in a thing that's happening, or if it already came out and I had missed it. Dear David. Dear David. Your Please die. smells like a dented guga. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man. Well, um, sorry about all the stops and pauses and whatnot, and because I mean, we're inter- gonna cut it out. Well, yeah, but my internet kept wigging out for some reason every time, like I was getting. Yeah, to it's it. on your phone. Bixby just doesn't like you, I guess. Bixby, more like my note is just trash, and I need a new phone. Hello, Greg. Buy a new phone. <laughs> I need. I feel a- like this <laughs> oh no, phone we need tablets. Not- yeah, we need tablets <laughs> for our growing industry. Just kidding. <laughs> well. All right, I guess it's your turn, Christina. Okay, so. First off, before I even start anything, I will be talking about um, kids getting murdered and, you know. Oh, trigger warning. So, like, trigger warning. Um, It's, like, the only thing I talk about. (laughs) But don't be, like, mad if I'm not always just like, oh, we're going to have this today. Just know Someone's dead. Someone got raped. Okay. God damn. <laughs> or someone killed themselves. I don't know. <laughs> Just like always know. <laughs> My stories will have that. Unless I'm talking about mermaids or unicorns. Okay. <laughs> so on the next episode, we're going to talk about <laughs> unicorns. <laughs> um, so this I actually wanted to do last episode. Um, but we, Stefan had the idea for the nursing. So we went with the nurse. So this was technically supposed to be for episode 11. Um, because uh, I'm a big fan of Stranger Things. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And they're, um, I wanted to pay like an homage to the main character, Eleven, mm-hmm. in the sense of that's why I'm picking this story. Um, I'm not talking about Eleven. 
Oh, like episode 11? <laughs> yeah. Character 11? Yeah. But here we are, episode 12. But I still want to talk about it. Um, but uh, if you want to know why Eleven got her name, you're going to have to watch the show because I'm not going to go into that. But I actually want to talk about the latest season because they're on season four. Um, waiting for season five. Uh, this last season that was just released, season four, there's a character named Eddie Munson. And I absolutely love him. Um, he was wrongfully accused of murders he did not commit. And I wanted to know if he was based on anyone from real life. And he was. Ooh. Eddie was based on a Michael Wayne Eccles. But he goes by Damien. Which is not any part of his name. That's just what he goes by, Damien. Um, and he was part of the Memphis Three which, ironically, you brought up to my attention that I should cover. And I was just like, okay, one day. But then when I was doing this, I figured out he was part of it. And I was like, mm. oh, look, I'm doing the story you were like, mm-hmm. you should do. Um, so in West Memphis, Arkansas, three boys, uh, Steve Edward Branch, Christopher Mark Byers, and James Michael Moore were eight-year-old Cub Scouts that were known to play in an area called Robin Hood Hills. Being from a, quote, safe community, it wasn't unheard of for the kids to just go play. Unfortunately, that was not the case on May 5th, 1993, when all three boys went missing and the next day their bodies were found in a creek where they were stripped of their clothing, hogtied with their shoelaces, and had markings all over their bodies. Chris's body was the worst with uh, injuries to his lower genitalia area. Per autopsy reports um, that Chris died from stab stab wounds and the other two boys died from drowning. The story of what happened and the timelines to this can't be uh, clearly mapped out because of all the different stories and witnesses. Not to mention that they keep changing. Mm The only thing for sure was that the boys were last seen 6.30 p.m. and they believe the crime was committed between 6.30 p.m. and 8 p.m. Um, and that when the knots on the ties, the shoelaces that they were hogtied with, um, were, you know, uh, ins- yeah, in- like inspected, examined, uh, the event- investigators concluded that all three were different which they now speculate that that meant multiple people were involved. So panic started to spread um, throughout this community, this small community, Mm -hmm. and they started thinking that it could be connected to... The satanic panic? Satanic, yeah. But also um, close to just satanic rituals. Oh, like a cult? Yeah. Mm. Um, Because apparently that... um, uh, first, they thought because of the genital area mutilation on Chris, but also um, it had already been rumored that rituals were occurring in those woods. There was absolutely no evidence that this murder had anything to do with Satanism. With these rumors, though, people started coming forward with names of people they thought could have caused this, and this included Damien Eccles. Damien was a 17-year-old boy at the time that loved metal music. He played D&D, Dungeons & Dragons, with his friends and dressed in black and was a, quote, darker person. 
He was just looked at as this main, su main suspect from the uh, public's view because of these char characteristics that he had. Mm -hmm. What made police, though, look at him as the suspect was a eyewitness. Ooh. Damien's girlfriend at the time, and I'm gonna totally butcher this weird ass name. So Damien's girlfriend at the time, and I'm gonna butcher her name, um, <laughs> Damien Tear, her last name literally sounds like teardrop, tear. Mm. Her aunt, um, Narlene Har Harlinsworth, um, actually calls police and says that she saw Damien near the crime scene, crime scene around 9 p.m., and that he was covered in mud. It wasn't hard to pin him because Damien unfortunately did suffer from mental illness. And they go into like big details about it, but um, I chose not to. But uh, he has a long case of it. When uh, brought in for questioning, he had a cocky attitude and was just like a typical angry teen. Mm -hmm. His alibi was that he was home all night that he spoke to people on the phone throughout the night, but when those people were questioned, they denied talking to him. So I don't know if he was lying or if they were lying. Um, Damien's own grandmother was also questioned to his whereabouts that night, and she said he was out around 8 p.m. He left the house. Mm -hmm. It's thought that after this, Damien was the main suspect, and police work after that was just biased. They feel like they already found their person, and they kind of just tagged the whole case to that uh, suspect. Feel like no sense in searching elsewhere. Yeah. Along with Damien, they went after his other quote odd friends, um, Jesse Lloyd, Miss, Miss Kelly Jr., and Jason Charles Baldwin. They're they're all the same age. So they're all seventeen. There is and was no evidence that these boys were together at the scene of the crime that night. No one saw them together, nothing. There's no DNA, no footprints, no nothing at the scene that ties them there. The only thing that did tie them together was Jesse. When interviewed by police, it is speculated that he was coerced into confessing. Jesse also had a low IQ. He was a little slow. He had so many different stories, he was all over the place, and when introduced verbiage, which we covered on my last case with the uh, girl that killed her um, baby or whatever, mm -hmm. the cheerleader girl, um, you kind of you get introduced that verbiage, and they kind of coach you into or coerce you into yeah, saying oh yeah it was a knife a oh yeah the, they did the oh yeah I did kill them. So, ironically, Jesse actually had an alibi and the other boys didn't. Jesse was in a neighboring town competing in a wrestling tournament and at the possible time of the murder where they said it was going to occur between 6.30 and 9 p.m. He wasn't even there. Mm -hmm. June 3rd, ironically your birthday, 1993, you're one years old. <laughs> Jesse ends up confessing to the murder of three boys. So while you're eating your first birthday slice, he was confessing to murder. More like Ted. <laughs> um, or was I a bottle baby? Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Sucking up Ted. I was a bottle baby. Um, 
So he was confessing to the murder of uh, the three boys, stating that Damien struck Chris Byers in the head with his fist and raped him. Jason turned around and started hitting Steve Branch and began to do the same thing as Damien. By the way, while this was happening and you're catching on film, they're asking him to point out the picture of the boys and he's pointing different people. So I picked the exact people that was happening, but when he said, oh yeah, Damien struck, um, he goes, Damien struck Steve Branch. And then he goes, I'll point that boy out. And it was Chris Byers. So he w- he didn't know who was who or what or what was what. They were choosing for him. Yeah. So Jason turned around and started doing the same thing, apparently, to Steve Branch. Then states Michael Moore started running off. So he went and after him, grabbed him and watched Jamie- Damien and Jason commit the murders. And then he just left. Jesse just left. In Jesse's story, story he says that the murders happened at noon, but the, the three boys were in school at the time and were last seen around 6.30 p.m. And they went into detail where um, the two boys were hanging out. Uh, Chris, I believe it was Chris. Was it Chris? Steve. Steve didn't like to be at home. We'll talk about it later. But he didn't like to be at home, so he was trying to go to his friends, and they were busy. So he goes and sees someone else. So there, there's a timeline, so he's, a, he's alive at this time. And then all the boys last time were seen were at 6.30. So it couldn't have happened in Jesse's story. Mm-hmm. Jesse later states that he was so, he was scared of the police and he recant, recants his whole confession. He was like, they pretty much like, that they scared me into saying all that and none of it was real. But mm-hmm. he already confessed. confessed and tied the other two boys in with him. August 4th, 1993, all three boys pleaded not guilty to triple homicide. In this case, when it came to the markings found on the boys' bodies, it was found that these turtles actually lived in and around the creek, were known for biting flesh. They, they bought people. And, and in the video, um, in the I'll talk about it later, but the documentary, um, one of the guys put have the turtle bite him, and it's exact marks that are on the boys. And you see, see, look, you can see the bite, you can see the jawline. It's exactly the same as the ones on the body of the boys, which they show. Um, the marks they leave on flesh looked exactly like the ones on these boys. It could be that they were just killed, and then later the additional markings on the body and the damage to Chris's genitals could have been from the turtles. Mm-hmm. During the trial, a knife was found but it was found behind Jason's trailer park pond. And this was very sketchy. This this whole situation was very sketchy around the knife. The biggest thing is that the investigators told the press to come to the lake, the trailer park lake, because they were going to make a discovery. Yeah, so the investigators were like, hey guys, come on down. And they knew exactly where to look and then pull out, and there's a video of it. Magically, this clean looking knife. Yeah, it's very sketchy. So this concluded that the prosecutor knew where the knife was in the lake and knew exactly where to look. There was not enough evidence or consistency to sentence these boys, but they were sentenced. Jason and Jesse were sentenced to life in prison, but Damien was sentenced to death by lethal injection. When the case became famous, there were three documentary movies released on HBO called Lost Paradise. I don't have HBO anymore, so I haven't been able to see them, but I want to so bad. 
the little bits I saw on YouTube were intense and raw. There, um, before, I before I finish, the first 30 minutes, you, they're walking through the crime scene and you're actually seeing the boys' bodies. It is all on film. And I saw it on YouTube, but they had blurred out the dead bodies because, you know, they can't show that on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's graphic. You're seeing those three little eight-year-old boys hogtied. And, like, it's, it's terrible. It's so raw. Like, they did a really good job with this documentary, but at the same time, they left out a lot of things. Not that they were biased or anything, but they were trying to show that these boys couldn't be held responsible, but they also didn't highlight that there could be other suspects, which I talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, what is this on again? HBO. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, no, no, I don't have HBO, HBO anymore. I thought I did. Yeah, I'm hoping to get it tied in with Hulu. But I used to have it, but not anymore. There were concerts and benefits held where celebrities like Johnny Depp, my mm -hmm. husband, uh, spoke out in support about this case and wanting justice for these boys. They're, they were guilty because of the lifestyles that they lived, not because of proof that they had committed these crimes. Damien was three weeks from execution but then was placed into solitary confinement instead. Thank God. Mm -hmm. So they decided not on the, the death thing and they just put him on solitary confinement. So he just still kind of stayed on death row, but in solitary. Throughout this case, as well as after, people began to confess to lying on the stand, but not having a reason why. I think it was just for the five minutes of fame. Mm -hmm. Other people, that could have been looked at as suspects in this case, but weren't included Mike Byers, Chris's father. A few years after the case occurred, Mike's wife randomly died of unknown causes. She showed up to the hospital and doctors couldn't figure out why. She just like died. Another strange thing was on one of the bodies, there was a human bite mark. And in the time Mike had his teeth taken out and replaced just after the bodies were found. So he had a completely different teeth and jawline and everything. Oh, wow. So speculation is that um, in case he was asked to give like a mold, his teeth marks wouldn't match anymore. That's what that's what's swarming around. So this was super sketchy. Another person of interest was Terry Hobbs, the stepfather of Steve Branch. And he had a history of anger and abuse. Later in 2007, they found DNA evidence that linked Terry Hobbs to the crime scene. One of his hair follicles were found tied into one of the shoelaces that binded the little boy's body. Mm -hmm. So um, they didn't specify which body, but where, you know, they tie the knot, one of his hair follicles was in there. And he was also... Um, had been witnessed that he was one of the last people to, to be seen with the boys. Steve and his sister Amanda were terrified of their stepfather Terry. Amanda was so traumatized that she turned to drugs, like later in life, mm -hmm. that she has blank spots of that time in her life and her childhood, but she thinks she was molested by Terry. She remembers some of the abuse, recanting a time that she was struck on her back with a belt buckle that left a huge welt on her back. 
their mom remembers a week before Chris was killed, he asked his mom to leave Terry. And when she asked him why, he responded that Terry loved Amanda, but not her. She didn't understand Chris's comment at the time, but started putting the pieces together. So my thing is, I think Chris caught Terry molesting Amanda and tried to tell his mom, but he's also an eight-year-old boy. So he doesn't know how to yeah. articulate So he didn't know how to say it. There are so many reports made of different encounters of abuse made by Terry to each family member. And not just Amanda, Steve, and the mom, but also was reported by Terry's brother, um, some cousin. Like, he was very abusive and angry. He had a history of violence and abuse. He was last seen with the boys, and his DNA was found at the scene of the crime, yet he was never looked into. Wow. The Memphis Three asked the courts multiple times for a retrial. It wasn't until November 4th, 2010, that the state Supreme Court court unanimously ordered a rehearing for an Alfred plea, an Alfred plea, which means you plead guilty to the crime, but you maintain your innocence at the same time. So it's a fancy way of saying that it brings closure, closure to the case uh, as a whole, but it keeps the state from being responsible for what they have done and they don't have to compensate, compensate you in any way. Oh, wow. So after 18 years in prison, half their life, because they were arrested at 17, 18, so 18 years later, um, they were finally freed. With nothing. Mm-hmm. Fuck. And, and everybody, it's like very controversial, controversial because everybody is very upset that the real killer wasn't caught, but these boys still had to plead guilty, and some are like, they're getting away scot-free and the others are like they were wrongfully accused so it's it's very two-way street like they think the boys did it some don't think the boys did it and they think terry and mike did it or some unknown um because of the way they were murdered maybe it was a serial killer or something that just like went through the town or something but for the story I told today, my sources came from a video creator that I shared last episode named Kendall Ray. So for the story I told today, my sources came from a video creator I shared last episode named Kendall Ray. I watched her coverage for this on her YouTube channel because I like how she is unbiased and looks at everything as a whole. And... There was, and still is, a lot of controversies around this case today. And they still go and do talks and stuff. Oh, theories and stuff like that and how yeah. they feel from different Yeah, and the three boys. The three teens that are now grown-ass adults. But That is such ass. 18 years later, to get free, and they had to... To get free, they had to say... I'm or guilty. Agree to, mm-hmm. I'm guilty, but the state doesn't do shit for them. And they could have fought it, but they literally have been begging and begging and begging since 1993, 1994 for a retrial. Every year, sometimes multiple times a year, always denied until Supreme Court unanimously came together in 2010 um, and said, here's an Alfred plea. So we're both happy. You say you're guilty. We close the case. 
you free. That is so flipping messed up Mm because these guys get freed for claiming they're guilty. They don't get any reprimands for the pain that they've been caused because people don't want to investigate. The killer gets his way scotch-free. These boys, these three little boys that were mutilated and murdered don't get any justice. And the people who should be condemned, including the killer and the investigators and the judges and the people who are presiding over this whole situation, just get, okay, next. Like, they don't care. Like, that is such bullshit. And then others are thinking, wow, these, they did have the right three boys and they just walked away free with time half times not even half time served and now they can't even have a chance to defend themselves they don't get the or they don't get the evidence that clears them, them. Yeah. clears them yeah that's they'll always have this lingered on them isn't the government so fun the law is an amazing person yeah for there's, right people there's sometimes that i look at the law I am very grateful for, like, for the sense of me, you know, I'm not where I was, but at some cases like this one or, um, I forgot his name, last name right now, but Gabriel, that's going to be one of the, the stories I tell. He was a cute little boy that was, um, mistreated by his parents and in the, in the state did him wrong. And I'll talk about that story, but there, it, it just depends. Some sometimes it's very helpful. Sometimes it's shit. It's so sad because I mean, you would think, oh, the law helped me. Will it though? In what cases? In what situation will the law be helpful? And it's like, and and in what situation will the person presiding over your case be more helpful than the law itself? Mm-hmm. It's very, very... Um... And it really sucked because in this little town in, mm-hmm. in Arkansas, um, West, Memphis, West Memphis, it's a very, very, very uh, Christian, conservative Small-minded. Life. Yeah. And that's why they just gravitated heavily on this, their Satanist... They're the ones who killed them. They murder them for their Satan god, their pagan gods. So they're the ones who did it. And they just like okay, tied the, to that. Okay. They're guilty. Lock them up. Blow away the key. But it was just very interesting. The little parts I did see of this um, documentary uh, called Lost Boys on mm-hmm. HBO. Um, I saw it on YouTube, like little clips. They don't show, like, all of it because it is, you know, a movie that you pay for. But, man, they were showing, um, what's his face, um, Terry's facial expressions during the interviews before all of this came out. Like, when the boys uh, were still going through trial and everything for the murders. And when people asked him, like, uh, how do you feel about this? Well, how do you feel about that? The mom was the one answering all the questions, and he was just like, he was giving this look like, you know, he was in deep thought, remembering something, you know? Whenever they brought up the boys or something. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, like, the way he looked, 
It was like he was reliving killing them is like, what it looked remembering. like. Remembering. Yeah. Yes. And I was just like, it just hit me. Like, I don't know if it's because I'm so into this crap and I could just see it. But I was like looking at him and I was like. He's got guilt written on his face. I was like, oh my God, you're like basking in this moment right now. Remembering what you did to those boys. I am like feeling that aura right now. Gross. And you're just sitting there with your 90s look. Like stupid mustache. And your eyes all like this. I was like, oh, gross. I hate you so much. You fucking did it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. We, we don't know. What? I don't know. That's just my thought. But no. I, I wanted to look at it as a whole. He could not be either. And that's just, he was just afraid that maybe all of this stuff would come up. What he's done mm-hmm. and all that. Or that he raped Amanda. I don't know. So he was probably just thinking all this stuff like, oh, crap. We're in the limelight. And I'm... I molested this little girl. And this and could if fall I on me. Up, yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. It's very crazy. I'm glad that I finally like learned about it because I do remember seeing um, Damien's face on the TV a lot mm-hmm. when I was younger. But obviously I didn't know what was going on because I was like small and then in 2010 i remember hearing about it but at the same time i'm graduating high school not knowing what i'm doing with my life i'm not really caring about tv it's like that i'm on and like you know me i was in everything in high school Mm -hmm. i was keeping myself busy so i wasn't really keeping up with like what was going on in my what's popping in life (laughs) yeah what's up on the news so especially arkansas news oh no shit at this point, it was practically nationwide because even the celebrities were kicking in their support wow. for the Memphis Three. But it was a very interesting case. Um, I I know you told me to look into it, and I just put it on my list. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But me wanting to know if anyone was like... Ba- like, you know how sometimes people are base their characters on people in real life? And I don't know, I just, I had a feeling like Eddie was based on someone. So I was like, I want to look. And so when I saw that and I was like, Memphis 3, that sounds so familiar. And I went to my little future episode list and I was like, there it is right there. I was like, this must have been one of the ones that Stefan told me to look up. And I was like, full circle. It's crazy. It was pretty cool. So what, um, who's next? (laughs) Or you haven't decided for your story. I don't know yet, but um, I don't know because, you know, I was even thinking about it because I was thinking about Stranger Things, um, which also I thought it was interesting that um, Byers is one of the last names, Will Byers, and the little boy in here that was killed is Christopher Byers. Well, they're D&D players and the creators of the show for Stranger Things are huge D&D fans, so of course they're going to relate to that a lot really interesting and the whole satanic panic thing and then yeah. the whole russian sleep experience whoever russian created stranger things did had to be yeah and had to have been like they had to have lived in it probably yeah and just been really into this case with the memphis three because i mean think about I it the whole, so much in here well think about it uh when will byers uh body in stranger things was found by the lake and they found his body but it was like a fake dummy when what's his name hopper found the body Stranger Things, 
he found his body at the, or they found his body at the lake and he cut it open and it was with stuffing from the first season of Stranger Things. Will Byers when he went missing. I don't know why I can't remember that. Well, anyways, he went missing and then they're like, where's my son? Where's my son? And they pull a body out of the lake. And where do they find these kids' bodies? At a lake in the story. Yeah. And he goes and he investigates and he takes a moment. Then he pulls out his pocket knife and actually cuts into Will's body that he finds. And he opens it. And it's actually just stuffed with cotton. And then he's mm. like, it's fucking fake. And then him and uh, the mother escape from Oh, there. yeah, 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 And that's so interesting how the first season reflects a lot of that whole ordeal. I wonder... However... I wonder if the. Oh, I wonder well, if that, Eddie. What's his Eddie's character was Eddie pre-planned already, or I wonder if they didn't know how to fit him in just yet. I don't know because everything that happened to Eddie happened in this one. Because he, you know, he was a D and D. He was like the ringleader, the the dungeon master. Yeah, he was like um, the whole town turned on him except for. The his friends and his family, mm. everybody else turned on him. Mm-hmm. They're a small knit community. That's, Christian community. That's Christian and, and like, conservative. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just thought it was very interesting, and I would I I mean in general I would love to talk to them, but I would love to sit down with the creators of Stranger Things and see. Basically, that's <laughs> but so it'd cool. be interesting to see if um, there is any other characters based on real people. Or um, I know the whole Russian thing that happened. I think you sent me a video of it where it's actually based off of a real thing that even I don't know Bill like they tried making it seem like Bill Clinton apologized for it or something, but the government had to come through and said that they were doing weird shit. Mm. And but I think it was with the African or something. I don't know. It could be another thing that I'm like mixing up with the two. But I feel like there was something that with Russia or something of the sort like. So yeah, it was like really interesting how Stranger Things reflects a lot of things that have happened. Yeah, they like and, put it in their writing. But like you said, I wonder if there's characters. Like I wonder if um, who is it? The reporter guy, not the reporter guy. Uh, the guy with the glasses. Mm-hmm. What's his name? The weird guy. Well, anyways, uh, the funny, sexy guy. <laughs> not really. <laughs> the fucking receding hairline. <laughs> Um, I say he's sexy because I like his attitude. <laughs> it's funny. Oh my gosh. But um, he's a... Uh, I wonder if he's based off of a reporter or like investigator, pre uh, ex-investigator of the time or something. Or like somebody that investigated cases in that time. Maybe. That'd be really interesting. Maybe. Because it's very interesting that he has so many like connections and um, he's able to... Speak Russian. Yeah. He knows ha- people. Understand code, understand... This and that. It's very spy or like, you know. Conspiracy yeah. almost. Like, was, was there a Which conspiracy? he was. He was a big conspiracy person. I mean, yeah, that was the whole thing. He's yeah. like, who are you? Yeah, he yeah. was like, don't open that package. And then he had um, he had her go and like hang the, the oh, yeah, the, the, weight tree on the tree to drop it, to, to break it open. And he was like, don't be near it. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> That's funny. Um, that's so interesting. I originally thought these three, I don't know if it's the same three or something, but about like these weird 
goth kids that got convicted of a murder and then they went to jail and it was a whole satanic panic thing. It has to be the same thing because Texas and Arkansas are right next to each other. So like it had to have been the same region. So I think that's what it was. And was the town that they were in, was that a sundown town? Like the racist town? Or no? Oh, I didn't hear anything about racism, but um, from what I was watching, uh, no offense if they're listening, but they were very like um, white. We'll just leave it at that. Oh, very <laughs> vanilla. Yeah. Um, I didn't really see any color in that video. The palm colored people. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't see, see much. much. So I'm not going to talk about if they're racist or not. Where's the flavor? <laughs> but um, they were white chicken. Um, no seasoning. <laughs> Practically boiled. Yeah. <laughs> not baked, fried or anything. But yeah. So, I'm not too certain about that. Um, wow. But, I don't know. I'll look to see if there's a Texas one, but... That's so crazy. I know there's a serial killer that's infamous from Vidor, Vidor, Texas. You know, Christina and Kristen, they actually used to live in Vidor, which is known to be a sundown town. And they're a Hispanic couple. So, like, yeah. I'm surprised they managed to live there. And they lived in, like, the wooded areas, I think. And they had, like, a whole thing. And I was like, y'all girls are brave. Yeah. And the backwoods, sundown. Some people country. aren't really kind to the LGBTQ community. And you know what or sundown what, what towns they call are, now? right? What are they called now? La, oh. La Croix. Oh. Oh. Uh, Ligabitcha. 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 I'm part of the Ligabitcha. The alphabet community. <laughs> but, um, what is it? Do you know what sundown means, right? Not really. You I just figured it has to sundown. be racism. Yeah, it's racism. It basically means if it's a sundown town, people say it's a sundown town, do not stop. Do not go through. You drive down that town. And if it's sundown, you better not be in town. Oh, is this based on that movie um, I know, where the guy was driving? Maybe. I don't know. Because I remember I them know. saying about that. They're like, no, we're not stopping in this town. And then the, like the, the white guy who's the driver and then the black guy that was the artist... What was the name of that movie? Can't but, remember. um, yeah, that's the yeah, whole he, thing. he was like, no, we're going to stop here. And the white guy was like, he's like, uh, Italian or whatever. He was like, no, this is a sundown. You, you keep going. Mm-hmm. And then they get pulled over by cops that, uh, of course, are racist. So, yeah, it's really interesting. Cause, but there's a serial killer from that region in that time. And it's really, I think he, he's really gross. He's gross. It's like gritty, like what he did. Well, I mean, like, what serial killer isn't gross? I mean, like, it kind of stuck with me. Well, maybe it didn't stick with me. Maybe it just stuck with me because it was here in Texas. And it's just so close. But, um, yeah. Also, when are you going to do the yogurt shop murders? I don't know what the yogurt shop murders It happened here in Austin in the 90s. I'm going to have to Google that. It's, like, a big thing. Well, I've lived here my whole life, and I'm 30, going to be 31, and I've never heard of the yogurt shop killer. It happened, yogurt shop murders. It happened here in Austin, Texas, and it is a very grim story. I don't know. We'll see. Well, thank you, Christina, for your story. That was really enthralling, interesting, aggravating, because what the fuck? And, yeah, I, I don't know. I just 
Makes me want to go watch Stranger Things again. <laughs> oh, I love Stranger Things. I cannot wait for season. I five. can already just hear the theme song. Um. Well, thank you, Christina, for your story. That was. A, I don't want to say fun, but it that was, was so uh, fetch. That was so. You haven't used the word fetch in a while. Thought I'd bring it up. I don't want to because I don't want to get copyrighted. That is so fetch. Stop eating my cord. Stop making fetch happen. It's not going to work. Um, well, is that all you've got for me? Hey, that's my toe. I'm sorry. Is that oh. the broken one? No. That's a cat was biting my toe and it was like, just you betting on it. I didn't mean to. I was just No, you're fine. I thought like the this. cat was like this on my toe and I was like, wait, that's my toe. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's it for both of us. Yeah. I, we they, see, um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I sound pretty tired. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've been at this for a while, and I just took my meds. So <laughs> You're kind of coming bed. down. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, please follow our social medias. I'll be in the description down below. Please visit our website and submit your stories at the bottom of the episodes page. And oh, are we gonna put a question at the at this episode? What would what two questions would you ask? Dear John? Ooh, yeah. The way I'm gonna put what two questions even though no would one answers ask, about dear me. David. I know dear nobody David. ever. I don't keep wanting answers. to say dear John. Dear David. <laughs> dear John Deere. John Deere. <laughs> what would you it's ask fine. John Deere? I'm gonna ask that. What would you ask John Deere? <laughs> Make a bigger tractor, please. <laughs> Just kidding. Can Make I a get a cart? Can I get two cup holders and a little <laughs> mini fridge? And a shakoshi for my feet. Oh my goodness. Alright guys, well, tell us what you think about the intro and ending. Yeah, if it's driving you crazy, just like email us telling us to stop. And we just... We think it's funny. Yeah. Um, We just recorded a new one. I don't know if I'm going to put it on this episode or the next episode. Because I'm going to have to chop it up and add music and sounds. I might get you to help me with it next week when we have more time. But um, I'm going to probably keep the audio we used for last week's episode. I want to know what you guys think of it for this one, too. Because I needed to drill in your head to continue the storyline. Yes, we've got a storyline set up. I don't know what it's going, but it's happening. We shall see. Alrighty, guys. Well, thank you, Christina. Thank you, Steph. And we love you guys. And we hope you have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye. See you next episode. <laughs> Zip. Zip. <laughs> They're not going to understand that. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. You scared me so bad. I know, I'm so sorry. You scared me too. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just uh, just my shoulder. It's fine. How are you, how's your tit? Um, just fine. I can't feel anything. If you hit them or whatever. What about you? How are yours? Ugh. Still not there. Oh, damn. <laughs> Did you find anything? Oh my god, I found so much. Look! Oh, wait. Is that silver, diamond, and pearl? Okay, stop looking. <laughs> hey, sharing is caring, Christina. Oh my god. No. Did you fucking steal? Of course, bitch. I'm broke. I live in an RV. I need this. True. Okay. Ugh. But I did find a lot of other stuff. Oh, me too. I can't wait for our listeners to hear. I know. We have to come next week. Oh, yeah. We do got to come back next week. We didn't get that back room right. I know. We need to go deeper into the dark. What the fuck was that? that? We got to go.
fuck.